1: trouble it's going to get there he turned 32 yesterday does he have a vintage in, in the inside? it is for the win welcome to episode 86 of the average Seeds podcast i'm dale lobel peter jones is with me todd was here had internet connection issues sorry todd it was good to see you for the couple minutes that we got a chance to talk peter how are you today sir or uh, uh yeah it's morning now it is good
0: morning no i'm doing pretty good how are you
1: great it's so fucking hot here. <laughs> it's like 96 degrees today. I don't like it. I was out cutting grass. There was like a hay field out there. It was like two feet long. It was ridiculous. This place had to cut grass. Would have pushed more. That's why I get paid the big bucks. So thanks to Rhonda at RM Management who pays me those big bucks. Thanks to Dwight at ddgcustoms.com. And thanks to Dan and the folks at Bob Anderson Builders. Remember, we cuss for charity. I'll cuss, Peter won't. And we'll make some money for Veterans Outreach of Wisconsin. Episode 86, Peter. Who is it?
0: Yeah, it's one of those numbers where, like most of the 80s, isn't it, where there's been quite a few Packers players that we could talk about. Our generation, I guess two names probably come to mind. One would be Antonio Freeman that we saw you know, as part of that Packers Super Bowl team in the 90s and into the 2000s. And I think the other name that comes to our mind, although we didn't actually see him play live, but he's one of those names that we, one of the Lombardi legends would be Boyd Dowler. And that's that's the name that... When I see 86 in a Packers uniform, that's who I think of. Drafted in 59, played throughout the 60s. So I so was part of those championship teams in the 60s. Super wide receiver, big, tall, you know, rangy guy, 6'5, 220, you know, a big dominant. wide receivers receivers went in that period and he made the NFL's all-decade team for the 1960s. You know, and he's one of those guys that is kind of borderline pro football Hall of Famer. It's not necessarily the first guy that you think of when you think of those Packers teams of of, of the 60s, but he was, you know, the number one wide receiver during that period. And of course, you talked about Max McGee in last week's Episode and of course it was Boyd Dowler getting in, injured in Super Bowl One that brought Max McGee back into the game to then have that superb performance in in Super Bowl One. Just one of those key key players from the all, all the way through those nineteen sixties teams. And if you watch any of the highlights of those of those seasons, you know crops up a lot catching catching passes from from Bart Starr.
1: He could play today. 220. He would have fit right in with the EQ St. Browns and the MVSs and the Alan Lazards.
0: Absolutely. And, of course, one of the things that Boyd Dowler was as well was a great blocking wide receiver. So he absolutely would fit in today. Because when when they ran that sweet play to the left, to the left, you know, and Boyd Dowler was lined up on the left side. He was blocking there like a tight end would. Well, he was the
1: size of tight end back then, right? 6'5", 220. I know they would yeah. have been a little bit heavier, but that's a huge receiver yeah. for the 60s.
0: Yeah, and that's actually how he got injured in Super Bowl One, blocking on one of the first plays of the game, if not the very first play of the game. Certainly, you can look at a guy that size in that era who could still play today. You're absolutely right.
1: Sort of related to that, I saw that somebody signed Devin Funches as a tight end yes i saw that too i could see that he could create matchup problems coming out of that spot he certainly wouldn't be able to block in line like a mercedes lewis but yeah, he might create some matchup issues like that because he could he played yep. wide receiver and i didn't think he looked all that bad when he did it
0: it's the lions that love that, that have signed him and of course he he went to the he went to the university of michigan so he's kind of coming home
1: so a couple of slices before we get in kurt benkert the fam favorite was cut the other day Twitter is always an interesting place, right? Opinions of people is always interesting. And we always think our backup quarterback is much better than he actually is. I had to say it to somebody on Twitter, Kirk Benkert is not an NFL quarterback. He just isn't. People love him because he interacts with people on on social media and is a normal dude and plays video games and puts his Baby daughter out on, and I think all of those things are spectacular. I love that about Kurt Beckert. I think that being yep. a normal human when you are a professional athlete is pretty awesome. I think that's great. That doesn't mean he can play, and I think that if he wants to play, it needs to be up north in Canada, or he needs to play in the USFL.
0: Totally agree. I mean, he comes across as as just a very nice, down to earth kind of kind of guy. As you say, interacts with people on Twitter, and is quite active on there and just seems like a really 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 nice guy but you know I think a lot of it is this if you're a pro Aaron Rodgers guy which which many 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 people were and then you were upset with the drafting of Jordan Love that then leads to the next step is well the third guy's better than Jordan Love because I don't like Jordan Love because he was drafted to over to take over from Aaron Rodgers it's like this catalogue of dominoes, if you like. I think one of the things that the, the Packers have probably done here is is given Kurt Benkert the opportunity to catch on with another team. Whereas if he'd been cut at the last cut down in early September, and at that point, if the Packers had decided they didn't want him on their practice squad, it would have been a lot more difficult for him to have caught on at another team. Whereas at least this way, he has the opportunity to get into camp with a team in the summer. There's a reason guys are where they are. On teams' rosters and 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 everything else, and if you go back and look at the the preseason that we had prior to the 2021 season, and I know that Jordan Love didn't necessarily light it up; he missed one of those preseason games. He played the first and the third game. But people have come away with the impression that Kurt Benkert played better in that preseason. They need to go back and look at it. And if they can't look at the film, just go look at the numbers. Even the numbers are in Jordan Love's favour. It was a mild surprise to me, to be honest, that the Packers let him go, but not a but not a shock. You know, that third quarterback spot is always going to be one of those spots on the 53 where you're always looking at the next guy. And that's not necessarily saying that Danny Etling, who's there on the roster, is better than Kurt Benker. It's not necessarily saying that the next guy that they sign is better than Kurt Benker. What they're saying is that third guy is not going to play, right? Let's take a look at guys. I can willingly take a look at a guy now and a guy in a few weeks' time and another guy on the basis that the third guy is not going to play. If the third guy is playing, your season's probably gone anyway.
1: And I wonder if that doesn't now, I don't want to call it the death knell for Danny Etling. I wonder if it's going to be what you just said. Guys are going to rotate through. They're going to look for a guy like, oh, this guy can throw it through a brick wall. Let's see if we can develop him for down the road. We know what we had with Kurt Benkert, good yeah. guy, decent arm strength, maybe could carry you for a game or two, but it's never going to start in the league. Danny yeah. Etling same thing, right? Like, he's never going to start in the league unless there's an injury.
0: Yeah, and you summed it up perfectly. We know what we have. That's not saying it's bad, but it's saying we know exactly what we've got. We can go and get a guy that we don't know and take a look at him, and he might turn out to be a bust, or he might turn out to, actually, this guy's got a really good arm. Nobody's picked up on that. Maybe there's something that we can work on, exactly exactly as you said.
1: Good luck, Kurt. We hope you land with somebody else and you're uh, able to you know, sit on a roster somewhere.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Todd did these notes, so this is pretty cool. I guess Mercedes Lewis wants to break the most seasons played by a tight end. He's got to be close already, right?
0: I don't know what that record is, but this is going to be like his 17th season or something, some ridiculous number.
1: It is a 17th season. So, like, I, who has the record? I just... What's his name that played for the Cowboys that retired and came back? Was it Jason Witten? Maybe he has the record? Like, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I kind of think it would be someone from farther back in, in the day, but I don't know. Whatever. We hope that Mercedes Lewis can play. You're absolutely
0: right. Actually, it's, a, it's tied between Tony Gonzalez and Jason Witten. Both played 17
1: seasons. Well, it'll be nice if Mercedes Lewis can still play. All right. What else? I had to bring this up because I saw this on Twitter that Washington commanders slash football teams, Redskins are back in the news. Whenever there is a slow media day or NFL news day, you can always <laughs> count on the Washington football team to come through. So Daniel Snyder was supposed to cooperate and meet with the House, I don't know, oversight committee or something like that. And then all of a sudden he's like, whoa, whoa, no, no, can't do that. We're not able to do that. I'm so sorry. He has a business meeting that day. Okay, first of all, if you're meeting with Congress, I'm sure whatever business person you are going to meet with would probably be like, okay, your meeting with them trumps our meeting. All I have to say about this is we started talking about this way back. And what happened? Like, what happened to all those misconduct and all the other things, the accusations by women? Like, none of that has come out. And that was two years ago now. It kind of just went away. And the whole RG3, a book. What happened to that? Something is happening, Peter. Are you a conspiracy theorist?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is, Is something going on behind closed doors? I don't know.
1: This feels like the NFL circling the wagons and protecting something because those accusations don't go away on their own. And we don't have to dive too deeply into it. I just think it's very interesting that he was going to meet with Congress and all of a sudden, mm, nope, can't do it. I hope that it all comes out. All right, so let's talk about Packers stuff, Peter. Let's leave the commanders slash football team alone. Have you di- <laughs> dived? Is the word dived, have you dove dove into the Packers schedule
0: at all like like everybody else. I've taken a, a decent look at it. I've not been through it game by game trying to assess whether or not it what the what the final record will be or, or which games the Packers are gonna are gonna win and lose. I have put the schedule up on the on the website as well
1: www.avgcheese.com. All with, Peter's yeah, creation with, at this point
0: with a countdown timer to the to the first game days, hours, and minutes to the first game. Yeah,
1: they're playing on 9 11. So we don't have to go through it game by game, but there's some interesting games on this. Well, clearly there's interesting games on the schedule. But the first four weeks, the Packers play at Minnesota. They play Chicago at home, at Tampa, and then New England at home. That's the first four games of the season. That's a very difficult four-game stretch to start the season. Thoughts on that
0: at all? And I think that one of those strange ones, again, where you look, you know, you know, they laid an egg in last season's opener at the Saints. You wonder again about the opening game this year, especially if guys don't play in the preseason, and, you know, we tend to see that. You know, the last thing you need to do is go into Minnesota and, and lay an egg there, give your division rival a boost, a one-game lead, knowing that you've got, okay, so you've got the Bears in week two, you're going to win that game, but then you've got Tampa Bay and and before you know it you're one and two or one and three and you haven't even you haven't even started yet i think that first game again is so is so crucial for the packers this year
1: and i wonder if that will change the strategy i know we're talking about the season right here but i wonder if that will change the preseason strategy so that they don't lay a gigantic egg in week 1
0: i would hope so after last and i know that this is one of those situations where you're almost damned if you do and you're damned if you don't you want to go into the regular season guys already cooking already already up to speed but, of course, the risk that you run is that you top guys. Rodgers goes out meaningless preseason game, you know, and, that, oh. and, and then you're going to get criticised for that. But I, I don't think you can think that way. I don't think that they can afford to start this season like, like they did last season, especially offensively. You know, that, that game against the Saints, although the Saints put up a lot of points, mm-hmm. a lot of those were off short drives. Jameis Winston threw five touchdowns. He only threw for 150 yards or that kind of number in that game. And that was because they played on it short most of the days. The Packers never moved the ball all day. You know, having lost Devontae Adams, the last thing the Packers need is to come out with that kind of offensive performance early in the season.
1: Totally agree. You hate to call the first week a must-win game, but it's up there. It may not be a must-win game, but it's an important game on the schedule. Division game, week one. With those first four games, that is an important game because you're right. If you start off one and three, you really start in a hole. And I think that the division, while Chicago isn't going to be good this year, I think Minnesota should be. And I know I say this every year that I think Minnesota should be good. But you start off with playoff teams. You start off with the Vikings and then two playoff teams. You can't be one and three going into week
0: five yeah absolutely agree and the Packers will beat the Bears in week two I don't have any doubt about that it's just like they they beat Detroit in week two in the season just gone but still you don't want to get into that second week and that's a must-win game already they're going to win it but you don't want that level of pressure in week two because if for whatever reason you don't get the bounce of the ball in that game you get fumbles you get turnovers you get silly silly stuff happens whatever, if for whatever reason, and this won't happen, but if for whatever reason it does happen and you know, all of a sudden you're 0-2 having lost two divisional games, you're well behind the eight ball when the season's only just started.
1: So I'm going to ask you, Peter, we, we do this. We're going to, I want you to tell me. They play at Minnesota, home against Chicago, at Tampa, and then home against New England. What is their record going to be after the week four game against New England?
0: My gut feel, I generally are on the side of caution as well, so that's my personality. My gut feel is, is they will be two and two, having, okay. having won the two home games and lost the two road games.
1: I am going to say they're going to be three and one. I think they will lose to Tampa, and they will beat New England, Chicago, and Minnesota. Week five, we will all be there to see it tottenham Hotspur stadium in london they play the giants that's a guaranteed win right the giants are gonna be god awful i hope yeah so then they so they play the giants the jets at the commanders i don't know what kind of team they're gonna be and then at buffalo again giants jets at the commanders at buffalo thoughts on that four game stretch
0: You'd reasonably expect, I would expect, that they're going to win all of those games other than the Buffalo game. I think it would be difficult to expect to go into Buffalo and win if Buffalo's anything like it was in 2021. That would be a tough game at Lambeau Field, but they're going to Buffalo and I wouldn't expect that to happen, but I would expect them to win those other games, the Giants, Jets and the Commanders. So I think they'll go three and one in that, in that stretch of game.
1: And was it the Jets that had the really large first round activity? Didn't they have a bunch of first round picks, the Jets? This yeah. year, So they'll be very young and you're catching them at the beginning of the season. So they're not going to be better at this point. They're going to be young, but they're not going to be good enough to beat the Packers. I think they go three and one also. I, I don't know that they can beat Buffalo at Buffalo. That'll be an interesting game because a lot of national media folks have said that might be a Super Bowl Buffalo Green Bay. That should be interesting. I, I don't get to see enough Buffalo because they're on the East Coast and they play on CBS and I never watch them, to be fair. That should be a good game. I'm sure we'll predict it again. We'll all pick the Packers to win. <laughs> yeah, get I, I,
0: and, I, and I think it's one of those games where it's not a bad time to be playing them. You know, if you're gonna play them, I'd rather play them when you've had a few games and you're getting into the season than be playing them in week one. I've got this thing about week one. I think the Packers would win at the Vikings in any other week other than week one. Okay. So I've got this thing about week one. But I think that's a great time to be playing Buffalo in the in the middle in the middle of the season rather than early or late.
1: Because you don't wanna lose that game. You don't want to play at Buffalo in December. It's like playing at Green Bay, but worse they it- wind and snow and you don't want to lose a game down the stretch when it's important and you want to be building momentum for the playoffs the next four games are at detroit home against dallas home against tennessee and at philadelphia are the lions going to be good this year but i've seen media people saying that they think detroit is going to be better than chicago and they're going to be pretty good what are your thoughts on detroit are they going to be good Well, they pretenders.
0: I think there's a lot, lot of optimism around Detroit. Partly because of the draft. So they got Jameson Williams, and obviously they got Aiden Hutchinson right at the top of the number two pick in the draft. So I think that I think there's a lot of optimism around around Detroit because of that. I would expect them to be slightly better than they were last year. Does that mean that they? They go above the Bears in the division, quite possibly. But I don't see this as a playoff competing team. Yeah. They win
1: like three Uh, games a season. So,
0: yeah, I might be wrong because there's usually one team, isn't there, across the whole of the NFL that that wins, that won four games last year, that suddenly makes the playoffs this year, converts four wins into nine or ten wins, almost out of nowhere. Typically, you look at those teams and you think that's because they've got a quarterback who's in his second or third year. You know, like Josh Allen of Buffalo, who all of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, but, you know, is a progressing quarterback who's, you know, progressed into one of the top guys in the league. Obviously, Detroit don't have that. So I don't see Detroit being that team that jumps from three or four wins to nine or ten wins. But I do think they'll have more wins than – they'll probably win six or seven games.
1: I mean, they might be better than Chicago. But, right, better would be the Chicago goes down in wins and they just kind of even out. So, again, at Detroit, Cowboys at home, Mike McCarthy comes home to Green Bay, Titans at home, and then at Philadelphia. I'm going to yeah. say go first this time because I don't want to put the pressure on you all the time. <laughs> I think they go four and zero in that stretch. I think that the lines will be better, but this is a better Packers team, I would say, than it has been in the past. I, I'm really excited for this defense. I wonder what Detroit will be able to do with, with the defense the Packers play. I think Mike McCarthy will, you know, he'll have some crazy play calling. He'll try to get outside of his norm, but I don't think the Packers will lose it, lose to Dallas. Titans are always on the schedule, it seems like. And they're a good football team, and they always scare me. But the Packers just mangled them. Was it last year yep. when they played them in the, in the cold and snow? Was you, that, you 2020?
0: Before, that was the A.J. Dillon breakout game, wasn't it?
1: And then F- Philadelphia doesn't – I'm not there yet with them. I don't think they have enough skill player talent to play with Green Bay. So I think they go 4-0 during that stretch.
0: I think that's quite possible. The Pessimist in me says they go 3-1. and but I don't know. I don't know where the one is. It's either, it's either Tennessee or it or it's on the road in Philadelphia.
1: So are, is the pessimist coming to the surface? And you're going to go three and one, or you... I'm going
0: to go. I'm going to go three and one. But if you, okay. if you ask me which is, which is the one, I don't. I'm not quite sure.
1: And it all. Even when we picked these games, we used, Todd and I used to pick them all, and they, the records were good. But the games that we lost and won weren't always right. So whatever. Week 13 at Chicago. Week 14 is the buy. Thoughts on the week 14 buy? I love it, but what what are your thoughts on a late buy like that?
0: If you're a playoff team or a team with playoff ambitions, I think the later you can get the buy, the better because you really want that buy get guys fit. And, and even those guys that are that are not banged up and everybody's banged up by that stage, but even those guys that are not significantly banged up still to give them a week off that late in the season. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely, I absolutely love that.
1: So again, at Chicago, then the Rams come to Lambeau in week 15, they go at Miami, Minnesota at home and Detroit at home, play their division games at the end. Like they usually do thoughts on the last Five games of the
0: season. That's a stretch of games where you could e- you could easily see the Packers winning all of those games. Uh, that's not to suggest that they're going to be easy. You know, the Rams are the defending Super Bowl champions, but you've got them at Lambeau Field, and the Packers always seem to struggle in Detroit. Right, whether whether Detroit's a good team or a bad team, whether the Packers were a good team or a bad team. They always seem to struggle in Detroit. That won't be an an easy game. If I had to put money on it, I would say the Packers are going to go 4-1 and in that stretch. But again, I don't know where the one's coming.
1: I agree. I would love to say they're going to go 5-0 and in that stretch. I don't think they lose to the Rams or the Bears. I think it's either Minnesota or Detroit those last two weeks. I mean, hopefully that last game, Detroit at Lambeau, is a throwaway game. They don't care whether they win it or not. And they play just like they did last year. They kind of just play their starters for the first half and then shut it down from there. So if I'm counting Mm -hmm. these up, Peter, you are saying they will go 12 and five. It would be Matt LaFleur's first non 13 win season. (laughs) And I have, so I say they will be 13 and four. Matt LaFleur will continue his winning ways. Even though 12 and five (laughs) is also winning ways. There it is 12 and 5 13 and 4 that guarantees a playoff spot in the NFC other thoughts before we leave for the day
0: you know just to continue that theme i think that the NFC again is wide open right so you so you look at the AFC and you can pick out you know the 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 chiefs and the and and the bills as probably the, the the strength of that throwing the, the the Bengals you know you can pick four or five teams in the AFC but i think it, i think in the NFC it's very difficult to say which is the best team and actually who's going to make the playoffs in the NFC i think it's a wide open conference yet again i think the packers are just going to they're going to be there or thereabouts i just hope that this is the year that they get over the over the yeah. hump over the hurdle whatever whatever it is get the bounce of the ball in the playoffs whatever whatever whatever,
1: whatever it takes not get a punt block after a huge yeah. defensive stomp Yeah, let's hope so. I look at the NFC also and I think Dallas is a very talented football team can't seem to put it together. You look at the NFC West, it's the Rams and the 49ers and maybe the Cardinals again. Out of the East, if it isn't the Cowboys, then what? It's the Eagles who I'm, I don't know, I don't just don't I don't think they're there yet. I guess what I'm saying is I totally agree there is no front runner unless you think the Packers are front runners in the NFC. I think there are a lot of very good teams. It's not like the AFC where you can say Chiefs-Bills. Yeah. And then maybe Steelers, maybe Bengals. You know, like, like the Bengals, I don't want to call them a flash in the pan, but they weren't the best team in the AFC. Yeah. The two best teams didn't probably play in the Super Bowl. But I, they don't look like juggernauts, the Bengals, as of right now. Pittsburgh is going to have a rookie quarterback and Ryan Pickett. You know what is that going to mean for them? Who knows? But I'd still I'd say it's Mahomes and Allen. I absolutely agree.
0: You're spot on with with Cincinnati. They've done it one year with Burrow and Chase and those guys. Do you see them doing it again? I I would doubt it. That's for them to answer. And I think they have the good fortune, if that's the right word, probably wrong choice of words, but I'll use it anyway. Of like you say. Pittsburgh's got a got a probably a rookie quarterback starting, or Mitch Trubisky starts, which, whichever. Cleveland's obviously in the bit of a question mark at quarterback right 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 now. A couple of question marks there at Cleveland, so I think Cincinnati has that advantage in that in that division. But it is it it, it is you you can't look past Kansas City and, and Buffalo. And if anybody, and if anybody turns out to be better than one of those two teams, that's probably the Super Bowl team in the AFC. That's that's the way you have to look at that. You could say the same about the Packers. If there's a better team in the NFC than the Packers, then I would expect that team to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. That's how. I feel right now. We might feel different two weeks into the season. We want to see how this how this much-vaunted defence, we keep talking about this defence and how it's going to be maybe top five, definitely top ten, but we're going to see. We're going to see how that's going to, going to work out, and we want to see how the how the passing game works out without Devontae Adams, whether, whether these rookies are going to come in and contribute straight away, if Sammy Watkins is going to contribute, et cetera. So that's That, I guess, in itself is probably the big question mark around the Packers, particularly early in the season? Who is Rodgers throwing the ball to, and are those guys getting open?
1: Because the defense – and now we've been optimistic for years, right? We have the reason to be optimistic every year. You have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. You can have optimism in Green Bay until he retires. But the defense, having a defense with this much talent on it is something – I mean, honestly, it's the 90s. I think that's the last time we had a defense – with this many marquee names on it. Now, there was Matthews and Woodson. So I would say that was, you know, those are two. I don't think Matthews make the Hall of Fame, but Woodson clearly did. But this is a team of big name talent right now at the same time. And you don't usually get that. You don't often get that, that lucky. So optimism is high. At least for me, I can't wait to see games. I, it'll be weird to see like three and outs.
0: Yeah and there's there's something and maybe it's because we've been spoiled at the quarterback position with 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 Favre and and have seen a lot of offense over those last 25 years or so some defense thrown in sporadically and you're absolutely right you know that the 2010 team with Woodson sure. and, and 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 Matthews and those and those guys BJ Raji and those guys yes. and the 96 mid mid 90s team but generally speaking the talk around the Packers for the last 25 years has been around the quarterback. Offense, yeah, it's been around offense and the court and the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it will be really neat if they've got a top five. They've got a top five defense. Yeah, you know, defense, like you say, that causes lots of three and outs. That causes lots of turnovers. Stops, stops the run. Puts you know the opposition into into lots of second and longs and third and longs and and that kind of stuff. It would be quite imagine to see that. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the problem has been in some years that it seemed like third and long was just as easy to convert as third and short. I'm not expecting to see that. We're expected to see those, you know, we're expecting to see the pass rush get there. We're expected to see those, those corners play tight, not play 17 yards off on third and 12, that kind of thing. Right. But you have to have the personnel to do that. Right. And 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 they do. Right Right now they do. Yeah. Right now, certainly from everything that we see, everything that we have previously seen, assuming Jair Alexander comes back at, you know, this top-notch level—they—they they absolutely
1: do have that. When is the last time the Packers had two thousand-yard rushers? Has it ever happened? Was Packers it? Did it happen never, in the eighties?
0: Packers have never had two one-thousand-yard rushers in the same season. So the closest that they came was there's a year in the early seventies that John Brockington had a thousand yards and, and MacArthur Lane. I want to say MacArthur Lane had eight hundred and. something, and that's the that's the closest that they've that they've that they've ever come to having two one thousand yard rushes. The problem in the the early eighties, they probably could have done with Ellis and that Eddie Lee Ivory, Gary Ellis, Jesse Clark. So Harlan Huck will be too many guys that they were spreading the ball around with, so nobody got enough carries. So yeah, absolutely. You know, there's been a number of seasons where they've had a thousand yards total yards a couple of players like Jones and Dylan did last year, rushing and receiving,
1: right. But never a thousand receiving or a thousand rushing and a thousand rushing.
0: Yeah. Mm. And, and actually what he, that doesn't happen very, it's not happened very much in league, in league history.
1: I don't think it'll happen. I just think that they have the talent Jones and Dylan to do it. I don't think the Packers offensive scheme will allow for it to happen because of the way that Lafleur calls plays and you still have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback.
0: But I agree. I mean, we've got 17 game season now for starters, which, which helps the chances to the chances to do that. I think the other thing is part of it will depend on how games go, won't it? If they get up early in games, if you're up 21 points at halftime, then, you know, you're going to spend the second half racking up lots of, lots of yards on the ground, hopefully. So yeah, it would, it would absolutely be interesting because I, I, I I kind of agree. I, I think there's an outside chance that that could happen.
1: We will see. I would love to see it happen because that would mean that we are winning more games—not more games than usual, but we're winning more than we're losing if you're running the ball that much. Anything else before we go? No, no. It's no, good to it's see good. you again, man. So, yeah,
0: it's good to see you too. We've not been a, it's been a long time. I've not been around for a while, so it's good. It's, um, it's good to be back.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's so all that time I've spent building the website. That's. That's what's
1: done. You were busy. <laughs> You're busy. All right. So thanks for listening to episode 86 of The Average Cheese, the Boyd Dollar episode. Go pack go. Go pack go.